my friends can support me and be with me. They may not know what to do with me. Right. So yeah. what may be true is I'm talking to one of my friends. My friends have been informed about depression. And so they may go, Greg, I, you may be depressed. That may actually be a valid response. But right. at that point, they may not know what to do with depression, or mm -hmm. they may not even know clearly some warning signs. But a professional therapist is going to be able to see those, identify those, and really speak truth into my life. Or one of the things that a therapist can do is right-size something. Yeah. Um, someone who is a, a trained therapist or a, a trained counselor, one of the best gifts that they can give is to right-size something that we don't know what to do with. Welcome to the Faithful and True Podcast. My name is Aaron Wellman, and today I'm joined by, as always, Dr. Greg Miller. As you can see, Randy is not in today. I'm filling in for him as co-host, and Greg and I are riding solo today. No guest or anything, so we're going we're gonna to roll just, just the two of us. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing well. Awesome. It's good to be with you. Yes, this is good. As I kind of feel like the teacher's gone or the boss okay. is gone, and we get to kind of do what we want to do. I'm glad you said that, because <laughs> I knew I felt this way. I wasn't sure if you would, because you're older than me and I'm younger, but I was like, I feel like the parents are gone. We're home alone. <laughs> That's right. We so, can do what we want. There's to. no Randy to keep us in check, which is, <laughs> which means you guys are in trouble. So That's right. So today we're going to do another kind of question and answer episode on the faithful and true podcast. And this question um, kind of has to do with like, what's the deal with seeing a therapist and a counselor? Uh, the uh, really direct question we got was, which we'll get to later was how long do I have to see a therapist? And I think that's a great question and one we're going to tackle, but I thought it would be best for us to pull it back and get a little more basic than that and say, you know, what even is a therapist? What even is a counselor? What's a life coach? There's so many different acronyms and titles. And I think a lot of people who are listening, you know, including myself, I don't even know what all of these things mean. Mm -hmm. And I work, I've worked for Faithful and True for several years now. So I think I thought it'd be wise to just pull it back and start with the basics. Uh, I think that that's a great question. And part of the, the question is, what type of resources am I going to need in order to do my recovery well? And the answer to that question is you're going to need a variety of different resources, and one of those could be a therapist. And I also think in our day and age, you know, there's a lot of joking around, you know, um, my my friends or my therapist, I just don't have to pay them kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And if I've got wise Christian friends, isn't that enough to help me through my recovery or any difficult situation that I have? And so let's do talk a little bit about what a therapist is. And a therapist is someone who has gone to school, so they academically have been educated around some principles of psychology. Um, they've been given some understanding of the ethics of therapy. Um, they've been given a lot of information about theories and practices. Um, and in that, they may have done a practicum themselves. So there's been this academic exposure to what therapy is. And then if you're a licensed therapist, you've gone through the process of taking testing and then having internships and practicums. Um, you've had supervised hours. And at the end of that, you take another test and if you have the hours and you pass the test, then you can be licensed by your state. Just in full disclosure, I am not a licensed therapist. 
Um, we often talk about the fact that my background is I'm a pastoral counselor. Um, so my education came through seminary. I had counseling classes in my seminary. My doctoral, uh, my doctoral focus was on um, pastoral care. So one of the things that a therapist can do, if you are a licensed therapist, you can give an official diagnosis, um, and you are trained in how to do that. There's resources that help you do that. And so the idea is a therapist brings an educational and a professional perspective to help someone look at a particular issue. And they are the expert. They have an expertise in kind of general, um, general emotional health. So what would you say the difference between like a therapist and a counselor is? Well, if someone is typically using the therapist term, um, that means that they are typically licensed, they have gone and gotten a degree, um, they have um, been through supervision, they have taken the licensing board test to pass those. So there's a licensing board in each state representing different types of counselors. They've passed that and they have been licensed. A counselor may be someone that has been educated in counseling, but they've not necessarily gone through sure. the process of getting the licensure, which is that last step of the testing as well as um, the uh, practicum or the supervision that they have to go. And the amount that they have to do is really significant. Sure. So if you are working with a licensed therapist, you can know that they have put a lot of effort into getting to that place. That makes sense. So... Uh, um, if someone's out there and they want to find a therapist or a counselor, obviously they can look online, but how do you, just from looking online, kind of window shopping, how do you look for, um, or how do you decide who you want to see? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the places that I encourage people to start is if you are a part of a local church, uh, many times the church will know of some licensed counselors um, that are in your area. And so um, that may be a great place to start. There are also um, databases that will list counselors. And like you said, it can feel pretty intimidating just to see these names with these initials after them. And so one of the things that I encourage people to do is you get to interview, you get to ask questions. And so a lot of our listeners may be looking for support specifically in the area of sexual addiction. And so you can ask someone, how comfortable are you with this issue? How familiar familiar are you with it? Um, you can ask, um, have you read any books? Have you been to any training? Um, there is a, a program, a CSAT, um, that is someone that is a therapist who has also gone through additional training, and it's a certified sex addiction therapist. Um, Jim Farm, our clinical director, is a CSAT, so he's gone through that additional training. And so there are some things that you can ask to get a little bit more information about whether or not this person would be a good fit. And kind of that question of do I need a therapist, I think is really important and because what's true is I can have good, wise friends in my life that can speak truth to me, but this is a very specific issue. It is a complex issue if you're dealing with any addiction, but specifically, in our case, sexual addiction. So you're going to want someone that knows the intricacies of it. And the image that I use is it's kind of like, um, let's say that I like whitewater rafting, but I've never been. I, I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. And so me and all my buddies get in a raft. Well, we can go down the raft, and we may even be somewhat successful, 
But my experience is going to be very different if I'm in a raft with a guide, someone that has gone down the river a lot, has been trained, has the skill, has the expertise, because all my buddies are going to be in the raft with me, but we've got someone that's going to help us to navigate the complexity of the river itself. And so, you know, there's a difference between going through to a support group that's led, peer-led, maybe yeah. they go through material, but it's still led by a peer versus going to a therapy group that is led by a professional. It's going to be more of an intentional guided experience. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm thinking about kind of the difference between, or I guess I'm thinking more of um, kind of taking the perspective away from the actual person, but the idea of like going to therapy. I feel like especially in Christian circles, it seems like it's something that is kind of separate from the Bible and often like um, goes against what the Bible has to say. And so what would you say to someone who's concerned about like, kind of being led away from their faith by going into psychology. Cause I feel like there's this, there's this division often the perception of a division between psychology and like spirituality. Mm -hmm. Well, and one, one of the things that I would say is for, for my own perspective, I think that we are much more integrated than what we want to identify. You know, there can be this separation that says, you know, there's a difference between the physical and the spiritual and anything physical is bad and anything spiritual is good. And with that theology, there's been a, a real abandonment to that sense of physical self and God's creation. Same thing with emotional and psychological parts of us. So the first thing I would say is the more we can have a holistic, integrated understanding of who we are, the more effective our healing is going to be. So I know people that they have a therapist and they also have a spiritual director and those two people don't work in opposition to each other. They actually partner together, whether they even know each other, but they're partnering together to help that person become, in our language, the person that God created them to be. Um, the scripture is filled with um, images of emotions. You know, I often tell men, if you don't believe that you're emotional, um, just read the scripture. God is very clear that he created everyone to be emotional. And it's important that we understand how to be aware of those emotions and steward those emotions. And that can be a part of the therapy experience. One of the things that I, I can see resistance in, and we're going to talk about this in the next podcast, so I'll yeah. kind of set that up, is the, the stereotype is that therapy is either about blaming our past or kind of the joke of blaming our families or our parents, yeah. um, or kind of overly indulging our past and making everything about who we are now, it's because of the past. And one of the things that is important to understand is we do acknowledge the past and we do seek to understand how the past is influencing the present, but it is important to recognize this isn't about just recycling the past, it's about understanding in order to move forward. And so that's part of the role, you know, you used a, one of the words that you used was coach, and there are life coaches out there, and they yeah. are also certified and trained, and we have a life coach here on our staff, so we see the value of that. And part of that is a coaching is really focused on developing strategies to help us function in the present and in the future, and it is informed by the past. Um, the, the counselor may be more intentional to kind of step into the past and understand how the past is framing the present. 
So there are a variety of different approaches, but ultimately it's, do I, in whatever my role is, right. do I see the person that I'm working with as an integrated whole self versus a fragmented self, and I'm just taking one section of them? Right. So what you want is someone that sees you as the integrated person that you are, basically. Mm -hmm. So if someone was having an experience like with a counselor or a life coach and they didn't feel like they were, it wasn't meeting their expectations, what are some things that you would want to like, like look for to know, okay, I might need to like be trying, trying to find somebody else. I think it's easy to just kind of put it on yourself as like, well, maybe I'm the one that's not doing what I mm -hmm. need to be doing to get something out of this. Or what is, what are like expectations you should have of what being in that kind of relationship can do for you? Cause I know, you know, it's from what I've experienced in my own therapy and counseling, it's, it's so much, at least here at Faithful and True, it's like, it's so much about like you doing your own work and you, you know, becoming more wise and more in the wise chair every day. Mm -hmm. It's not about like my therapist or my counselor or life coach is the one that's just going to rescue me and save me. That kind of defeats the whole purpose. Right. Well, and in fact, one of the things that we teach is the importance of developing a recovery team. And one of the principles that we teach in that is you have to be the leader of your team. Right. That yeah. if you're wanting your sponsor or your um, counselor or your small group leader to lead your recovery team, it's never going to be successful. So we do want to empower people to identify kind of the three questions we ask is what's working, what can be improved, and what's not working. Um, and another way to ask that is what's missing. And so one of the things to acknowledge is that our season with a counselor may come to an end, just kind of a natural conclusion. Yeah. You begin with the question of how long should I see my counselor? Is it for the rest of my life? Yeah. And really it's paying attention when we believe that the end of this time together is, is occurring because whatever needed to be accomplished or whatever I was hoping to go after, we are beginning to accomplish that and it's time to look towards the next season. Mm. You know me, I love analogies. Yeah. So another one would be, let's say I want to remodel my bathroom. Well, in the remodeling of my bathroom, at some point, I'm going to need a plumber. At some point, I'm going to need an electrician. At some point, I'm going to need someone that can do the flooring. At some point, I'm going to need the guy that does the tile. And so it's about the progress of the bathroom, depending on what I'm needing in that season. Yeah. Um, as our listeners know, I'm in the process of recovery. I've been on the journey for 16 years. I still see a therapist. Now, it's very different than what it was when I first began the journey. The focus is different. The, even the issues that we're going after may be a little bit different or maybe a little bit more nuanced. Yeah. But I still recognize that there's help and support I need because there's still resistance in me. There's still parts of me that limit me from becoming the man that God created me to be. Mm -hmm. And I want to go after those. And I see the value of someone who is an expert and who can guide me in that. Yeah. Another principle is I can never fully see myself clearly. And, you know, Dan Allender has this quote about, um, we need community, I'm going to butcher it, but mm -hmm. we need community because we cannot see our own faces. Well, right. what's true is sometimes I need for someone to see me through a professional lens. Yes, I've got my friends, I've got my community, I've got my group of guys. They see me, they can speak truth into me, they can challenge me. But there's a huge benefit if there's yeah. someone who has training and expertise and background that through their lens they can see me and challenge me and encourage me. Um, and that's part of the role of the therapist. Yeah. 
And so as we go through seasons, at some point I may need someone new to help me be able to do that. I think that idea of like the professional lens is really interesting. I've never heard that. I've never like understood that before. Um, yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. I, I, I have a question. I'm trying to remember what it was. It's like, like, what does the professional lens give you that like a friend lens doesn't necessarily, is it, is it mostly like the expertise and the, all the background training that they've had and the experience, like talking to all the other clients they've had throughout their life? I think part of it is, yes, I, I want to first say there is a benefit to working with someone that this is what they do professionally. Right. So yeah. they have been exposed to a lot of clients. They have seen a lot of issues. And you may not even realize this, but you, when you go to a therapist, you are benefiting from all of the other clients that have come before you yeah. that have informed their perspective. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about here at Faithful and True is all we do is work with men who struggle with sex addiction and we work with their wives and we work with them as couples. Yeah. Well, in that, we have 30 years of history and story of men struggling with sex addiction. So we have a frame of reference. We're not shocked. We're not surprised. Right. Um, and this man may be telling me something in 2022, but I remember someone that I had a conversation mm-hmm. with in 2015 that is informing my response and my understanding of what is going on. Yeah. And there is a benefit so that comes from that. I think also it's just my friends can support me and be with me. They may not know what to do with me. Right. So. Yeah. What may be true is I'm talking to one of my friends. My friends have been informed about depression. And so they may go, Greg, you may be depressed. That may actually be a valid response. But at that point, they may not know what to do with depression, or Mm -hmm. they may not even know clearly some warning signs, but a professional therapist is going to be able to see those, identify those, and really speak truth into my life. Or one of the things that a therapist can do is right-size something. Yeah. Um, someone mm-hmm. who is a, a trained therapist or a, a trained counselor, one of the best gifts that they can give is to right-size something that we don't know what to do with. So I may have depression, but I may not have a context. Is this a yeah. significant depression that's going to need this type of intervention, or is this a milder depression, and this intervention may be helpful? Yeah. Um, right. Or there so may true. be some addiction energy. Is it this type of addiction energy and this will be a helpful response? Or is it this intense addiction energy and this is the kind of response? And so a good friend may be able to a- acknowledge something or even identify something. They may not know what to do with it. And that's where a trained professional can yeah. really be helpful. Yeah, I think just hearing you talk about that is so interesting because it just occurs to me that our shame like makes us feel like the things we're doing are often so much worse and they're and it's sin. So it's not good. It's bad, right? right? It's wrong. But the shame is like, you're the only one that's ever done this, or you're the only one that's ever thought this. So you better not tell anybody. And then at the same time, the, the traumatic things that happen to us, you know, Satan's like, well, that's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But then the therapist comes in and says, that thing you just told me is actually like a big deal. Mm -hmm. Right. And, that's like traumatizing, you know, and there's something not that we want to operate out of a victim mentality or anything, but there is an, an element of, it's really hard to like work through a traumatic event if I can't even recognize it's traumatic. Well, so I love that. Yeah. What's interesting is 
I become a victim when I allow my entire life to be defined by something. And in that, I become powerless. I become a victim when I'm blaming something outside of myself and not understanding it. And what's interesting is I can also be a victim if I deny it. Denial is a form of victimhood. In my refusal to look at it, in my inability to acknowledge it, I am being victimized by its absence versus I'm being empowered when I'm able to acknowledge it. And one of the best gifts a professional can give is very much what you say, is to right-size, to validate, to help provide an understanding that on your own and even in your community, you may not be able to do. You may not be able to hear actually what you've said is a really significant thing or just as empowering as, you know what? I've heard this story so many times. You are not alone in this. Because one of the lies that we can easily believe is nobody will ever understand this. And Mm -hmm. the shame is nobody will ever understand me or I am I got to watch my language. I am ununderstandable. Right. You know, yeah, I'm so messed up that I'm beyond understanding. Right. And that yeah. will that shame will send me into isolation. So there is this amazing role that the therapist or professional counselor could provide in helping us to actually see ourselves more clearly. That's so good. Well, one of the things that, um, I I see you taking a pause. Yes. So I'll slide this in. Uh, So one of the things that we do talk about here at Faithful and True um, is this idea of the recovery team. And it's so important to recognize that I just don't believe that anybody is able to recover with only one resource. So if someone tells me they just got their, you know, SA group, or they just got a therapist, or they just got their community... What I know is there is something that is missing because there are various perspectives and and resources that we're going to need in order to have an effective recovery. And so I just quickly want to go through this. I think we've talked about this on some other podcasts, but in this context of kind of what is the role of the therapist. So one of the things that we talk about is everybody in recovery needs a place of truth. They need a place where they can be completely open and honest and transparent about what they've done and what they've experienced. Mm -hmm. And the place of truth can actually be your therapist um, because uh, one part of the the ethical dynamics of therapy is there is this confidentiality that therapists honor. And one of our big fears is that that our story is going to get out of there, out of, you know, out of control and people are going to know that we can trust that our story told to a therapist can be held in confidence. Right. Now, there are some exceptions. Um, when a vulnerable person is at risk, you know, we, we talk about the fact that we are mandatory reporters. So just to be aware, there are even certain things that a therapist has to break confidence over and share with someone. But in most cases, um, we can trust the confidentiality that the therapist will hear our shame, our pain, our chaos, and we'll hold that in confidence. So the first thing is a place of truth. The next thing that we talk about is authentic community. This is one of those places where your therapist cannot be your authentic community. There is a professional separation. There is a role that your therapist is playing. And so therefore, if they enter into that community place, they're no longer going to be effective. Um, I went to a therapy group for years in my recovery, and there were two therapists that were a part of it. And it was very clear the therapists were not a part of the community. Mm -hmm. They guided us, they leaded us, they leaded us, they led us, 
Um, they were the whitewater guides, but they were not in the boat in the same way that the other guys in the community yeah. were. And so if I'm going to have authentic community and all I have is a therapist, I'm not going to be able to meet that need. Right. Um, another thing that we talk about is that spiritual sacred space. And one of the things that's true is if you're working with a Christian counselor and that's part of your faith experience, your therapy can actually become a part of that sacred space. I often said for a season in my recovery, my therapy group actually became the church to me. It was this safe space where we were all wrestling with our faith and we were led by these good Christian men and women that were helping us. It wasn't what we would say a traditional church, but it certainly right. was the functioning of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, something else that we would say is that everybody needs that expert voice. Um, you need someone who understands specifically the issue that you are dealing with. If it's about trauma, if it's about addiction, if it's about some other aspect um, that you are dealing with, you want to know that someone in your life understands that, and that can absolutely be um, your therapist. Um, and something else is we talk about that um, having a mentor guide. Um, the A's call this your sponsor. And again, your therapist cannot be your sponsor. That would be a dual role. So this is another place where, as I'm looking at the recovery team, I need to look and recognize that even if I have the best therapist in the world, they're not going to be able to meet all the needs that I have in my recovery. Right. And then the final part of the recovery team is what we refer to as the emotional space. And this is a great place for the therapist, where as you're sharing, as you're allowing yourself to get connected to that old pain, then we're going to be able to have this safe space where you're not just acknowledging it, but you're able to express it. So from your perspective, what is the, like, what is the role of the sponsor? Like for someone who isn't familiar with Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, what, what is the difference between, difference between a sponsor and like a counselor or a therapist specifically? That's a great question. And the image that I use for the sponsor is the sponsor is kind of like your guide on a backpacking trip. The, they are on the trail with you. They are familiar with the trail. They have been on the trail. And the sponsor is somebody who is in their recovery program, and they may just be a little bit further ahead of you on the road or on the, the path. And I think that that's important. Um, I, I use this image. I went on a backpacking trip. I don't know a lot about backpacking, but I was willing to go because there were these two guys that were organizing it, and they were expert backpackers. And they actually had been on some of the trails in Glacier National Park that we had been on. So when they said, Greg, you need to fill in the blank, you need to move a little bit quicker, or Greg, you might want to slow down, when they encouraged me, when they challenged me, I could really take that in because I trusted them because they were familiar with this path. The sponsor comes at it from more of a relational experience perspective, right. where a counselor therapist comes at it from more of this professional, um, educational, clinical perspective, and what's true at Faithful and True, many of us lead out of our own stories. So you may have a therapist that they themselves are on a journey of recovery, but they are not in that sp a sponsor role because that's more of a personal role, not a professional role. Yeah, that makes sense. So another thing I'm thinking about... Well, I yeah. think we're about out of time. Okay. All right. So like back. I said, <laughs> we are going to continue this in the next podcast. So I hope that people right. will come back. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to talk, uh, continue the conversation about 
this idea of engaging the past. And it's a great segue from what we've been doing because we do hear the message, just let the past be the past. Why do we have to deal with it? Why can't we just let it go? And so we want to talk about the difference between um, moving through and beyond the past versus getting stuck in the past. So I hope our viewers will come back for that. Yeah. And if you want to ask questions of Greg and the rest of our people at, here at Faithful and True that come on the program, you can email us at info at faithfulandtrue.com or reach out to us on any social media platform that you can find us on as well. We'd love to get those questions so we can speak directly to the things that you're thinking about. Um, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube if you want to watch the YouTube videos that we put out every week. Uh, like it, share it with your friends. That's a great way to kind of get the word out. We, that's all we want to do is get get the word out about hope and healing. Um, and yeah. I don't think you introduced yourself, but oh, yeah. Aaron is um, the social media director here at Faithful and True. Yes. So any questions about social media, you can reach out to Aaron. Um, and it's because of you that we even have this podcast. So yep. I'm glad that we get to do it together in this form today. Yeah, so much fun. So... Until next time, we'll see you guys next week.